0: Oh, jeez, it's a bit of a warm one today. I uh, might head into me shed, also known as the Shed Quarters, for Barrel Surf Podcast, and get yourself a cold, cheeky monkey. Roll the door. Oh, hold on a sec. t bay Namu, what are you boys doing in here already?
1: Oh, mate, we've been here for the last couple of weeks. Um, tucking into your fridge.
0: Oh, the All
2: the cheeky monkey beers that we have in this in this shed, mate. We thought we'd just jump in and uh, stay here. We've been here for about two weeks now. So,
0: you've been here since the last episode, just smashing my uh, sponsored cheeky monkey beers, have you, boys? How
2: could we not, mate? Cheeky
1: monkey beer, freaking cheek and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite there, T-Bone?
0: I'd have to say the Sherby at the moment. The Sherby is a lovely drop. This Give- next
2: episode is brought to you by Barreled Surf Podcast. What do you reckon, Namu? I think Barreled Surf Podcast is brought to you by Cheeky Monkey Beers, Axie. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jeremy Flores and you're listening to Barreled Surf Podcast. Once again, we're back in the studio, the shed quarters, and I think that he has got a, little, a special little treat from Forrester Estate Wines. Yeah, mate,
0: just uh, like to throw a shout out to Forrester Estra- Estate, uh, mate, 20 years strong in the southwest of WA here. That's uh, two decades. Yeah, it, That is two decades, mate. Uh, they've jumped on board to support Barrel Surf Podcast. And mate uh, me mate out there, Riley's, has given us a quality 2019 Home Block Shiraz. Uh, it's got a bunch of medals on it, and it just won the best Shiraz at the Royal Perth Show. So uh, I don't know how many wines are in there. I think it's 780. But I could be making that figure up. But, uh, mate, it definitely won the best Shiraz. And, nice. uh, mate, Forrester Estate are awesome. They make bloody good wines. They're supporting us. So if uh, any barrel Surf pod gurus out there are uh, looking for a red wine, next time you're in the bottle go for some Forrester. Hook into it.
2: Okay, here we go back with Barrel Surf Podcast. It is Namu here with you. It is a lovely spring day in the southwest of Western Australia. Pleased to have Tebow and back in the Barrel Surf Podcast studio. So hello, mate. It's been a while, mate. What a fantastic Friday it is! Fantastic Friday. So uh, I th- believe you got a little little splash down the coast today. A little splash at a little
1: secret location. Yeah, just get a couple. Uh, yeah, you got a couple little waves. You got th- three
2: waves in three hours. Three ways in three it's hours that's a bit a of hard work but three hours is the surf mate all good um I did see a photo of the uh the secret spot that you're talking about um on one of the social media outlets and it looked like there was cars parked halfway down the hill it was yes it uh, was, mate. yeah talk about blown out don't bother coming kids because it is absolutely finished around this area. I've hardly ever seen it that busy but um, yeah no, I, it was a great afternoon mate yeah good on you. Very, very happy to have a very special guest in the Barrel Surf podcast studios today. His name is Ben McCarthy and he is a bit of a wave park guru. Would that be how you describe yourself, mate? Probably not, but welcome, Ben McCarthy. (laughs) Hello, mate.
3: Thanks, boys. Thanks for having us. And it's original wave park gangster. (laughs) You? Oh, (laughs) gee.
2: Original wave park gangster. Mate, have you got that on your business cards?
3: You've got me thinking. Yeah.
2: (laughs) let's do it let's, let's see that happening so uh thanks for coming on board ben
3: pleasure guys thanks What's for having us
2: the heck has been going on today for you
3: um well yeah a lot of meetings i've got a bit of zoom fatigue so this is a nice break for it you know quite often the meetings start early in the early hours for us time and then kind of travel through to european time so having a chat to you guys and having a beer on a friday afternoon is a welcome little retreat
1: bit of face-to-face time too yeah
3: it was all too real (laughs) (laughs) so i'm just looking back who
2: it was one of your uh your contacts jonathan lister from i guess he's a pr guy made contact and said do you want to have this chap ben on your podcast and i said well i know ben he's just around the corner i think he's expecting a zoom meeting wasn't he but here you are man yeah you're you're sitting in 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 the living room we haven't got the uh share quarters up and running today but yeah good to have you on board so mate Tell me a little bit about how you first got involved with surf parks, wave parks.
3: Mm, wow. Um, yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty good story. And, you know, over time, this is one of these things that, you know, n- not about my story, but the evolution of this space in particular and the evolution of this space in Australia, I think it'd make a cracking documentary. You know, so where we've got to today and where it's going is super exciting, you know, but um, this is certainly the chairlift moment for the surfing industry, and you know this. this you know the ski sports industry is a multi-billion-dollar industry that we all know and love, and it certainly wouldn't be around if there wasn't the chairlift. You know, surf parks. What they've done, what they've shown that they can do. Um, I think we're only just scratching the surface, and you know, I'm. Sometimes I have to pinch myself that I've you know lucky enough to be working in this space, and you know, look, it's it's a story that's you know. Um, forged in a lot of blood and sweat and tears and you know started many years ago when a a fellow you know many people in Australia know Andrew Ross um, you know came into my office I was playing in the property space for a number of years and Andrew was looking for a piece of property to build a surf park and you know being an average Perth based surfer myself you know really took interest to it and started assisting Andrew over some time and one day he asked, do you want to quit your well paid, <laughs> secure job and come and build surf parks? <laughs> and, you know, to the behest of my wife, um, you know, Kylie, thanks for all your support. Good <laughs> on, <Kylie. laughs> um, I said, Darling, I'm quitting my job and I'm gonna go build surf parks. And at that stage the technology wasn't really where it's at, at the moment. That's, you know, maybe seven odd years ago. And Andrew I went from a, you know, a great corner office on St George's Terrace looking at Swan River to a startup office in the Fremantle jail on de- the former death row looking <laughs> <out ahead. laughs> beautiful and uh yeah and from there we went okay look how are we gonna do this and it was quite an abstract concept and as you can imagine trying to you know secure sites raise capital you know get approvals generate interest for something with nothing more than a few little computer renders mm. was quite a tricky you know job um but you know with with a lot of fortitude um, you know startup startup life it's not easy as many many listeners will attest to you know we had a few successes and those successes grew and were able to raise a bit of capital and and you know demonstrate that hey yeah, people will pay money to go surfing in in a high quality um, environment where waves are you know where it is safe you know the surf is there at your fingertips it's convenient um, you can surf any hour of the day, even at night under lights and you're not really beholden to, you know, weather conditions, swell, you know, time of day or anything like that and it really unlocks, a, you know, a huge new market for, you know, the sport that we all love, you know, surfing and, you know, I know there's a lot of purists out there, um, you know, that have perhaps some reservations about where the surf park industry is taking the sport but, you know, I can tell you perhaps, you know, even after some of the stories, you know, working with Surfing Victoria, Adam Robinson, all the Torquay guys, you know, at first, they were, you know, very sceptical about what, you know, the surf park industry means to them. And and now they are perhaps our biggest advocates. Um, and it's, yeah. It's
2: I can right. imagine that, Robo being a coach, um, mm. just that repetition of being able to get the same wave again and again and be able to, you know, practice the manoeuvres must be such a benefit
3: for a coach. 100%. And perhaps that's even demonstrated best through his young son Teddy who you know when we first started when we commissioned you know the pool in Melbourne um you know the waves were getting better and better we hadn't opened up to the public but we thought we'd invite you know some of those the core group from Torquay we wanted to convince them and see what their thoughts were and surfing with them and and Robbo brought his six-year-old Teddy along (laughs) and just watching Teddy's own progression in a matter of days was just incredible just days days yeah yeah. it was that short now Teddy he's he must be turning eight now cute kid you know paddle strength always needs to be improved but he he'll challenge you know the beast the the tube wave and get fully slotted there's not too many kids his stature on a board that short (laughs) yeah i feel like a 10 foot
2: foot pipe wave
1: (laughs) hey so where does the technology come from where who invented it who came up with this uh design yeah so theory concept
3: yeah, well, it's evolved over perhaps, you know, 40 odd years, you know, it's 40 the, well, years. Yeah, wow. well, you know, like you look at the, the flow, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the flow riders, you know, a lot of that yeah. stuff. Um, we're, we're working some of the, you know, the godfathers of this space are still very much in it today. So I'm working with very closely with Tom Lochterfeld to out of surflock on our latest project. And, you know, he came up with the flow rider, you know, 30 plus years ago and I've since licensed it off and. You know, it's it's been evolving. What's really made the big change is perhaps software, um, you know, computational power, CFD, computational fluid dynamics, and and being able to translate some of that big data, in and reverse engineer it into power control systems, and 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 that's really you know the big um, the big you know leaping stone for for this space. But yeah, look. know the technology there's probably five or six key players in the the space Mm. worldwide at the moment you know one of the most notable ones you know the one we you know used in Melbourne of course was the Spanish wave garden tech great guys great team you know really well resourced you know um, the machine it's it's a beautiful machine um, and you know builds really great quality waves and it's super reliable and it's just going to keep getting better from there and and on Um, so, those guys
2: are Waveguard, and they started with that sort of um, almost rolling wave. And I think there's one in Scotland, isn't there? They, well, I can't think it's called, but you, yeah, yeah else you know.
3: The wa- yeah, so um, it was Surf Snowdonia. That's it's, the one. Yeah, it's now Adventure Park um, over in Wales. It uses a similar tech to the Kelly Slater design. It's a, It's a sled that's dragged through the water with a a big motor essentially and that's that's what we were looking at when we first got into the business ourselves and then you know we were about to actually try to raise the capital for the melbourne project using that tech when wave garden announced that they actually had something else up their sleeves and we kind of tore up all the cove the cove and i guess this is where some of the the tech you know is really starting to find its straps is you know ultimately it's you know the I call it the third generation technology. The first generation tech was displacement of water to create a, a basic moving lump of water that had limits of control over yep. it and it reduces in size pretty quick. The second generation was this Slade-style tech where it imparts continual power into the wave and it can drag it along a bathymetry or a reef to create a really high-quality wave. It still struggles with frequency and, and a little bit of variability. You know, the Kelly Slater wave pool is still considered to be an excellent wave. The third generation is really, it's scalable, it's modular. There's not one point mm-hmm. of failure. It allows you to, you know, have a lot more control over the wave quality in terms of height, the pitch, the frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, the the modern pools are all kind of generating, you know, 500 to 1,000 wave pulses per hour or what rideable waves in their main peak carrier. that sounds like
2: a good little swell period lots of bums on seats
3: yeah well it reduces that wave scarcity issue that you know you yep. would have been tackled with today out in the surf yeah, so yeah. <laughs> in, in many respects it was you know, operator
1: error too <laughs> couldn't even get
3: onto them. <laughs> and then you know where the tech is going now you're just going to see it get upsized into smaller footprints and you know like The pneumatic tech, like we're deploying in our Sydney project at Wiseman's, um, you know, that's deploying a much bigger wave up to two and a half meters in size Mm. exponentially. There's a lot more water. You can imagine how much energy goes into that. And then the control on the wave type, you know, if you can dream of a type of wave, we essentially can now create it.
1: I love that. That's so good. So, so you know, the one in Urban Surf, what actually powers it? Is it diesel driven, electrically driven?
3: What gives it the energy to? it's it's super clever super clever because it's it's efficient in its design um you know it's it's a giant big gantry and there's a bunch of uh, big motors that s- hold a rack and pinion system there's all the, there's pistons um aligned in a vertical orientation down the wave generator and these pistons move on this rack and pi- piston si- system and push water out over from a deeper section over it to a shallow bathymetry and it drives this wave down the reef and when the whole thing is in operation all these pistons moving just slightly offset from each other looks mm-hmm. like a big sea snake moving yeah. rattling through the water and the the force that 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 thing is generating it's it's incredible it makes their hair on the back of your neck stand up that's for sure
1: so what's actually on the bottom of urban surf? What, what is it? Is it just like a regular pool bottom or you got a few little rocks down there, mate? Oh, I,
2: yeah. A <laughs> air section with a little anchored thing <laughs> in um, Japan. Have you seen that? Yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah.
3: Playing Sorry. with the bathymetry is definitely, yeah. yeah, there's really tight tolerances as you can imagine, you know, like when we surf that, you know, that little slabbing reef down at yelling up there, yeah. mousetraps, you know, the that reef formation has a lot to do with the quality of waves. Same with yeah. wave pool. Um, you know, the, the material itself, we had some really tricky ground conditions there. So we had to come out with our own proprietary uh, flexible pavement system. It mm-hmm. took the best part of 18 months of my life away anyway to, <laughs> to work on. Um, it was tricky, but it's essentially a modified cement that has a geopolymer in it that moves up and down with the ground conditions. Wow. And it's it's pretty novel in it's, itself. It's yeah. As far as I'm aware, it's actually the biggest recycled concrete uh, chamber in the world, so... There was a lot of world firsts in the Melbourne project. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um,
2: so, well, that's completely lost my train of thought. Mm. Is there any give on that when you hit it?
3: Essentially, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have to learn how to fall. Hitting concrete, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, in saying that, it's certainly a lot safer than surfing in the natural environment. If you're surfing in, a, in an environment like that, I know I bounce off the bottom, mm-hmm. um, perhaps in a more uncontrolled fashion. So, yeah, look, you have to be, you know, we try to, gauge the, you know, the surfer um, level of performance with obviously the wave. And only those that are actually, you know, able to surf, you know, slabbing waves should be out there because, you know, it's a wave of consequence. Yeah. Yeah. How
1: uh, shallow is the water there,
3: the slab slab section? Oh, look, it varies. Like, it's probably close to chest deep at the shallowest point when you're surfing, but the lip is plunging. Like, it will drive you into the ground, (laughs) you know. And I think that was actually... You know, it surprised when we first were commissioning that beast mode. You know, we had Joel Parkinson there and, and seeing him get rumbled by the first couple of waves. and, mm. and Your boys
1: sp- would have turned up the, the, the volume on it just to was a test few, him out?
3: <laughs> maybe. And, there, <laughs> <laughs> and there, there was a few little sneakers there going, yes, it's not just me. You know? <laughs> Let's
2: smash this kid. Yeah. Um, I know there's got so much I want to ask about this. One thing I do want to mm. sort of talk about is when you guys had the first rideable waves come through mm. urban surf, yeah, what what number in line were you? Were you number two. I was number two, right number behind Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How how what were you what were you feeling? your emotions when those first couple of waves came through and you just went, oh my god, all this work?
3: It was a bit of sensory overload. I think we're all <laughs> a bit sleep deprived as well. Like you know, in the I, I'd say in the year in the lead up um to you know, getting first waves, you know, we're travelling weekly, you know, from the west coast to the east coast, living a pretty tough life working eighteen hour days and and, you know, it was it was really tough actually because we were kind of pioneering. No one there was no roadmap no instruction manual for what we were doing and, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lot of guesswork. Not guesswork. We had to figure things out along the way. But um, you know, getting out in the water it was it was surreal. And yeah. having that moment and I can say, you know, with the boys that we all did that project with you know everyone from the guys that were working you know in you know in the trenches doing the civil contracting all the way up you know there was we're, we're all really tight as a result and there was a lot of love for that project and probably wouldn't have happened without that kind of level of dedication and commitment and it does it does help i guess with the promise of being able to surf at your lunch times if you oh. <laughs> if you're working on the tools during the day you will work extra hard to make sure yeah, you get a surf yeah, at, bear, at lunch.
2: how's you going that first wave
3: Yeah, mate, I I actually can't remember. I don't think I did anything that impressive. I think, yeah, it was... You just
2: cruised, surely. Take the wave, just cruised. Well,
3: we didn't know where the takeoff points were or anything like that, so... That's why we sent out Joel Parco first, huh? Yeah. (laughs) To be honest, like, we... I think, um, you know, we had Taj there and it was awesome watching him kind of forge the way and, you know having him there like we went oh wow you can actually take off that close to the wall and yeah he was doing all kinds of weird things which all pushed us into into doing
1: how was the uptake when you first opened Did you got a big good response from the the local what, melbourne community and people down at torquay area and all that sort of area?
3: Mate, it was wild, like there was, you know, obviously it was probably one of the worst kept secrets that we're now making waves and people were standing on the rooftops of cars trying to try get a glimpse <laughs> uh-huh. of the, you know, taking yep. rooms in the hotel across the road and, you know, some people were even breaking in and, oh. um, you know, and, you know, the interest from, you know, it was great getting all the core community involved, getting all the Torquay core surfers in to say, hey, this is a real thing and to mm-hmm. get them to to see that they're willing to travel an hour and a half, mm-hmm. you know, regularly to come and surf and, and, you know, it's it really validated the product, the technology, and this whole business model, And which is really why, you know, there is so much confidence in this space. I think that that project, that business in particular, you know, has, has really opened, um, you know, has done a lot for the industry, you know, globally. Um, two weeks ago, there was the awards, the Surf Park Summit was over in, you know, San Diego, you know, and that Melbourne project took out three out of the six awards. Wow. best know, overall globally. park, yeah? huge yeah most appealing destination or most appealing surf park destination which we were wrapped about and that project has been up for other non-surf industry awards it was up for a a national um, social infrastructure award against women women hospices and you know actual real serious bits Mm. of infrastructure and to see that project to be a finalist on a national scale that's amazing to see what it does you know for the local community you know to see carloads of middle-aged men run through screaming <laughs> like little girls, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine.
1: That's what I'd be doing. I'm still a virgin in the wave pool. Uh, yeah, so T Bone
2: and I both both haven't wet our wick in the in the wave. Well, pool, well we're that, we were toying with the idea, and then obviously, yeah, COVID got in the way. But um, we were actually going to go for the Mark Matthews keynote, no, uh, uh, catch a few waves with him. I don't know why we didn't do it. In the end it might, it might have just been it's well, pretty close to Christmas, if I can yeah, remember. Yeah,
3: yeah, and then obviously COVID hit, and that's it well he of course you know is a well-noted big wave charger mm-hmm. and to see him drop in and use that place at any given opportunity he can you know kind of it was a real standout and yeah it's uh you know that project honestly it had everything including the kitchen sinks thrown at us like at, st- at some stages you know we're walking around in in this soft muddy you know melbourne clay which Mm. turns into like pus when it gets wet it was just horrendous thinking how the hell are we going to get out of this and and to think that it's going to be you know recognized as a world-class destination was really hard to believe um you know it's yeah it yeah it was a great great experience
1: Oh, wow. You know, when when designing the location, how, how much do you take in consideration the, the wind direction through the different seasons? Or is it, I'm, I've never been to urban surf, but mm. is
3: it, you've got big walls around it so you protect yourself from the wind or you sort of set it up where? Yeah, the ideal situation, of course, is that you have the thing pointing in the offshore winds as much as you can. Um, you know, look, we know we're going to be, quite often most locations have got a one, one, lo- one wind direction in the winter time, and a complete 180 degree wind direction in the summertime it's not like perth which always points south so yep. perth is a pretty easy location melbourne is one of those tough locations it's offshore quite often in the winter and it's onshore quite often in the summer but you know that's when you're trying to optimize the occupancy there's a few other site conditions there that you know, really uh, designated that, but the project we're working on now, like the wind does get into it more than actually what we thought. The offshore days it does make the barrel really stand up and lurch. Yeah, you know, the onshore days are equally they're great for airs.
1: Still get barrel when it's a little bit onshore. On oh, chandeliers on in your yeah. face! Yeah, yeah, it
3: teaches you how to barrel ride and how to negotiate tricky sections. But the project we're doing Wiseman's Surf Lodge at the moment, like one of the one of the key reasons we've selected that idyllic location in the Hawkesbury River uh, region is because it is, you know, it's it's renowned for water skiing. There is no wind, it's so protected and it's just going to be a glassy little piece of perfection. Go with the go, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh, that's amazing. So, um, love to hear a bit more about the Wiseman's Ferry Project north of Sydney. Um, So, w- might be a personal question, but mm. did you get sort of headhunted by those guys to move across from Urban or how did that sort of work?
3: Yeah, a little bit, like you know JD and the team had you know he'd assembled an incredible team um, you know backed by you know some of the you know some of our favorite pro surfers you know um, I hadn't worked with the pneumatic technology before you know we all know what we all love what we know and you know and what we did in Melbourne was incredible and that's what we're you know kind of committed to we'd all drunk our Kool-Aid so a group of Sydney boys had put together a team, um, you know, and pulled together a quite impressive team, actually, you know, with hotel experience, you know, um, snow ski resort experience, you know, some significant property development experience. And then, on, you know, also investment from Stephanie Gilmore, Joel Parkinson, Josh Kerr, B. Derbage, Jack Freestone, Alana Blanchard. Would have been
1: cashed up after the sale of Bolter, wouldn't they?
3: oh it's not me to say where how they use their money but you know plant, recycling some beer money into surf park money you sounds know, pretty good it's not a bad you know it's a bit of fun um yeah so over a period of a few months you know we started talking about the technology and i started doing some due diligence into it and you know bit by bit i became more and more convinced about you know one the the business model is really clever like it's it's a membership-based opportunity. It's a it's a it's a surf park that's going to be effectively owned by surfers. One of the thing that one of the things that blew my mind out of the Melbourne project was how many surfers that frequent that place wanted to have a piece of the action. And the Sydney project is exactly that. It's a, it's just like your typical property trust, but instead of just having the property, you're going to be a part owner in in a, in, a, in in the world's biggest most variable surf park. You know, a fifty-four-bedroom hotel, um, and nice. and a golf course integrated cool. with other features. So
1: even better now. Tell us about the technology. You said yeah. pneumatic. W- w- who who is that? An old technology that's been improved over the
3: years, or is that something? Yeah. Look, the tech has been around for you know thirty-five plus years, all the way back from even Typhoon Lagoon back in Disney. What's <laughs> really what's really made it special, or or find it straps, is um, I guess computing power. Mm. The software, the CF, the computational fluid dynamic models that we can run now, um, are just incredible, and they allow you to. So, what we essentially do, we build a digital twin of of the pool, and if we can build, you know, the dimensions of the pool, the bathymetry, you know, all the structural features into it, and then with a sophisticated CFD model, start playing around with power and design a wave that you know meets our requirements, mm. like we have. You know, like Surflock have done, and um, an incredible job. You know, Tom Blochfeld and the team, you know, have done. We're able to reverse engineer the power specifications and the equipment specifications, and and essentially, what drives these things are giant big caissons. The ones mm-hmm. at, at Wiseman's, we have twenty-four caissons, you know, eight meters high. You might have seen the Palm Springs um, surf park. You know, he's they've that's got, the one
2: with Cloney um, Rob and those guys are always sort of going out. Yeah.
3: Correct, so we, we work pretty closely with some of those guys and Shane Magnusson you know, he's he's really been a lot of the, uh, he's he's brought a a lot of the DNA to the product that, you know, Surflock couldn't have even, um, you know, imagined in terms of fine-tuning this thing. Mm-hmm. There's, what these pools can do, like we haven't even really, um, you know, found, uh, you know, What are we talking what's what sort of waves is this thing going to produce so we're going to be we'll be producing 2.5 meter high waves up to two between two and two point five meter high waves every 20 to 30 seconds um the typical wave will be an a-frame peak in the middle we've got infinite control on the variability of the wave if you essentially if you can imagine a type of wave where we're able to produce it um anything from a point break classic you know, long border type wave through to, you know, something that we call the grower, which is like a shoulder high little takeoff. And does a the point. It, yep. And You're it keeps beauty. growing down the line until it oh. turns into a 2.5 meter high slapping You sounds so good. <laughs> well, like you should see some of these end sections, they're actually quite terrifying to look at. <laughs> like I, anyone that's, you know, not a 16 year old that has the flexibility, of, <laughs> you know, a 50 kilo kid, I think, yeah. You'll be able to catapult out into the flats and do all kinds of crazy. It's really going to take surfing to the next level. It's exciting, and it and sounds like it's going to take the wave parks to the next level. Is that what you're saying? It's I think it's going to yeah. the benchmark now. I don't think people really understand how good this wave is going to be, and well, when they actually see it, I think you know again, people are going to be you know climbing fences and scrambling to to do anything they can to get in to see this pool or be or you know become a member of it. And the way we've set it up, you know, just to be really clear, it's a, it's a property trust. There's it's a unit trust, and you know, the surfers, it's it's going to be owned by surfers, you know, managed by surfers, and run by surfers for surfers. It's 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 you know, for us, it's our ideal. It's it's our idea of what a surfing nirvana would be.
2: Wave pool, Shangri La. So um, we're just looking at the. Um, just put the, a bit of a video of the Palm Springs project up on the computer screen there so most people i think that are sort of interested in wave pools i've got to say i'm I'm obsessed with these things i'm just so into it what's the the size of wiseman's ferry going to be compared to Mm. say the pool that's there
3: yeah so the palm springs job at the moment so that was just the working prototype they essentially ripped the back off an old wet and wild kind of swimmer wave pool they didn't change any of the you know the pool dimensions or the bathymetry and they retrofitted eight surflock caissons and the blowers and all the electromechanical systems onto the back and you know it's quite impressive what they were able to create with no changes in bathymetry they're creating about a 1.6 high meter wave um, they've got a degree of control over it as you can see they make a, they can make a wave break from left to right right to left they're, because it's so narrow they're obviously just using one side of the pool they're currently in the middle of an expansion program and it's it's growing to a 16 case on pool which is kind of like where things start getting pretty serious and they're upgrading their power oh. control systems <laughs> you can see how heavy that, I that get absolutely is absolutely munched. yeah, yeah so what they're going to be able to do with that though in a 16 case on pool you're going to be able to see proper you know a frames all kinds of waves in between um how it's many caissons has Wiseman's got?
2: 24. 24, okay. And, oh. they're, and
3: they're going to be bigger and more powerful. Right. Well. So it's, yeah. So we think I think it's mean, going to set the benchmark again by a few awesome. extra notches in the Because that, so that, that, that
1: looks pretty small, the actual pool.
3: That, yeah, the ways that they're riding, it is pretty small. Yeah, it's 1.4 to 1.6 yeah. on the takeoff and they do diminish in size. But it's just to prove that this pneumatic technology mm-hmm. is working. So yeah. I, don't, I myself i don't think it's meant to be a representation of like where modern surf parks are it's a Mm -hmm. representation of what the technology is capable of and you know the great thing is if you can achieve good in in the models you know like we know we can achieve excellent in the real world
1: now us just thinking about um how many ways the Mm. it, it can produce i think you might have said that before so Let's say in a, in, if you go out for an hour, how many ways would, would the average punter expect to get? at that?
3: Well, unlike you today too bone you probably get, <laughs> <laughs> you'd get so the idea to find out here man <laughs> yeah well it's a I, I think like after a lot of you know trial and error i think we've found that 12 waves an hour if you're getting 10 to 12 second rides and you're in 12 of those in an hour wow. you're pretty you know yeah. are in a 55 minute session Jeez. you feel pretty you Buckled feel pretty tucked. Yeah, well yeah you could probably back Back it up with another session if you had a quick little um a chop milk in between. Yeah, yeah. Coming for a
2: beer and a couple of cheeky monkeys and back out there.
3: (laughs) Without yeah, without the cheeky monkeys, of course. But you know, like I can tell you, like you it's it's not like you're getting fed, you know, waves on a spoon or anything. There's still a lot Mm. of paddling, the currents are still there. It's very much a real experience. And I remember like when we were commissioning Melbourne, how many times I'd be getting on that plane home, flying home, and feel like I've just done like a couple of days some sort of wild weird <laughs> surf trip in the Mentawis and I'll be fully surfed out and I'm going, hang on, I've been, I'm just finishing a week of work, Yeah, you know? So it is a real thing. You feel like you've been on a proper surf trip and if you get a couple of hours of surfing in one of these things, mate, you will have had your, your feed. But the thing is you'll probably be at the front door again knocking I can, first thing in the I can
1: definitely see the appeal of, you know, if you go with your family and you only got an hour, you can go out and get,
2: you know? dozen waves and then you've got time to do nine holes and well here's the thing that i've seen about wiseman's is that you've got the outside peak and then if i correct Mm. me if i'm wrong here ben but i should mention we've got ben mccarthy from uh wiseman's pool wiseman's ferry wave pool here um so the wave breaks out the back yeah Mm. and the same swell regenerates inside for like a beginner's wave. so you can you can take your family as well you can surf at the same time throw them in the whitewash how does this sound so (laughs)
3: thumbs up yeah so the footprint the overall footprint of the pool is about twelve thousand five hundred square meters the advanced wave you get to see it coming from you about 30 meters away it's an open water you know um kind of water body you're not compressed in a corner or against any walls like you know this palm springs copy here um so it's quite a natural surfing experience you know the thing is when you start when you take wave scarcity Mm -hmm. away everyone no one's really challenging each other for waves. There'll be surf guides out there making sure everyone's playing nice. But cool. a lot of the ego, the hostility is removed. And that secondary, that, that reform wave comes through, hits another secondary wave, reef. And that's, I can tell you, that's actually looking really good in itself. It's been designed, the central peak is designed to be very much like a Waikiki, little uh, green face wave. Nice. And then the shoulders, the left and the right, is designed to operate um, light like Noosa on its best day.
1: So twelve and a half thousand meters is the playing area. Yeah. Just put into, into perspective here. How, how many square meters was Urban Surf?
3: Yeah, that pool is about twenty-two thousand square yep. meters. So yep. it's a slightly smaller footprint, yep. but you know where it works on a slightly. That's two d- sides, yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But this is just a slightly different format. Again, pneumatics versus mechanical technology allows you to do different things. It's horses. They're both. They're both great. It's like choosing between chocolate, vanilla, and. You know, there's pros and cons to each and some are better suited to different businesses and different locations.
1: So where are we at now with um, Wiseman? Um, we talk, spoke about it before off-air. So...
2: Mm.
3: Well, we're super excited. Um, you know, there's, we'll be making some announcements shortly about... Um, so the, we opened the fund with... I don't think we have spent a single cent in marketing and we released the fund on Wiseman's.surf um only only maybe 10 or 12 weeks ago it's it's been really well received it's it's of course you know been funded by it's both wholesale and retail money um you know we weren't too sure of course when you do something like this you're really nervous about how well it's going to be received and what's the surfing community going to think about it you know sydney is probably one of the best locations we could release a product like this Mm -hmm. we've been through again a tough period you know through covid
2: there's Um, a bit of money in the northern beaches i hear in sydney
3: yeah, well, you know, it's probably a good time in, you know, a lot of the ASX and the property market's done pretty well. So, a lot of people are looking for a place to put their money. Um, so, the way it's set up, it's a, it's a unit trust. The unit trust essentially owns the property, the surf park, the golf course, the 54-bedroom hotel. Um, the unit trust will generate revenue through the operations and running the surf park and the resort and all the different events. And then there's, the, you know, you'll get paid dividends. We're forecasting, you know, about 6.5% per annum and and um you know and like any other property trust fund you know you get to benefit from other things like you know capital growth etc but only not only that forget the investment side you know it's you get to be a member of something that you know we think is going to be is our ideal surfing nirvana and give you you know essentially a, a resource that is pretty hard to tap into otherwise.
1: Definitely. When you say events, do you mean like you're gonna have like a um, like doof, doof. surf, like doof doof events doof, or, doof. or surf <laughs> surf it contests and stuff like that? Is that what you mean by events or?
3: Yeah, well everything from corporate events, like it blew us away in Melbourne how big, you know, the demand was for corporate style events. So that's one way of generating revenue. But, you know, absolutely like, you know, if this is the biggest, most variable wave, in the world then we i'm certainly expecting us to be able to um you know hold national and international surf comps um the way it's set up it's it's a beautiful idyllic location i'd you know as long as we're cognizant of the concerns of any like lo- the local community who are hugely supportive of the project um you know i'd love to see a whole bunch of different music and you know even just community-based events you know for disabled surfers association etc yeah, etc
1: there's so much you can do. Um, what's your
3: thor- so
2: when you when when are you sort of anticipating sort of breaking oh, yeah, ground sorry. and that sort of thing?
3: Yeah. So, um, we're we're going to be making some announcements shortly about how how capitalised we are, and it's pretty exciting to say it's not if it's now when, and we're. Going to be mobilizing to get ready to start construction I'd, you know i'd like to say early in the new year we've got our contractors poised and ready to go and yeah. they believe it's a 12-month construction process there's not a lot actually you know a lot of the works is actually you know related to the surf park itself all the hotel rooms are all a big refit and we're using the existing bones of the existing resort so it's not too complicated
1: mm. are you going to be on the front line during the construction mate with your helmet on and <laughs>
3: Yep, barking orders to the boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be there a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I don't you know need to be living on site like we did in Melbourne. We're, you know, it's a bit easier second time around, and we've got a really confident team and contractor. thankfully
1: yep. Hey, just talking about events before um, they had obviously had the Surf Ranch on the WSL uh, um, World Tour. Now they've pulled it this year we've sort of had mixed feelings we definitely um agree that a wave park event is it definitely has its space what's your thoughts on the on when they did have the surf ranch event did you get much uh i don't know people
3: talking about
2: oh. it now be honest Ben. yeah it's well, really paint think, dry to me <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know um i think it does do things that allow you to sh- like you know the Lamour project, it's great, it's epic, but it does have limited wave frequency and variability. Like every wave is is perfect, it's great, it's a great mm. wave. But how often do you want to watch that? We all like to. I think you know Stab Mag did some some interesting work with their Stab Hire sessions, particularly over the Waco BSR project. Um, and as the tech gets more, let's say, uh, explosive and can do more varied things, I think it's only get more exciting. But you know, imagine having a 36 or a 42 man heat over two and a half hours with you know music and lights yeah, and compressing cool. it all and turning yeah. it into a bit of a party look sure in, the right setting, the yeah. in the right setting yeah in the right setting it should be awesome
1: yeah so with um with l'amour what is it away every eight minutes or ten
3: minutes i think in competition don't quote me on this well too late now I think they run it normally at four minutes, but when it's in competition, it might be 12 or 15 minutes. I'm not sure on exactly. When it's competition to get that perfection, I think they run it at a lower frequency.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you probably like, um, I know when I first saw the wave, man, I was pretty blown away. What was your, I mean, obviously you've been dibbling and dabbling in in, in wave technology. What was your initial thoughts when you first saw L'Amour
3: break? Oh, look, you know, absolute excitement. And also, you know, um, have it you gut-wrenching. No, no, I haven't been lucky enough. I mean, that thing rents out at fifty thousand dollars a day. You know, Jesus, every wave is the equivalent of five hundred dollars a wave. You know, it's it's too expensive for my blood. <laughs> Same.
2: <laughs> mm. Get no. on over here and surf at McCarthy. You're a you're a wave park What was it the uh
3: the og the
2: og, no. Park OG. I'm,
3: I'm kind of second gen i can't actually claim that it's the it's you know this tom lochterfelds and you know the guys behind wavegarden that really are the ogs and then you know um and some of the other people that had the vision to pursue this space you know
2: so what other techs have you served have you served any other wavefalls around
3: no like um to be honest not many of it there's not it's still such an emerging space, yep. you know, and with the advent of COVID, you know, way, you know, the project we did in Melbourne was kind of like up there with the first gen three kind of park. So, you know, I'm really looking forward, we've got projects over in the US, I'm really looking forward to getting, um, to get over there in due course and, you know, and visit same, those projects. Are
2: they the same technology, the Lockfield um, stuff or is there other other We're, sort of technologies emerging?
3: Yeah, look, you know, Balance is the developer behind know Wiseman Surf Lodge mm-hmm. um, you know we're we're definitely got you know we're working with surflock on our Australian projects at the moment and you know we're a big believer in their tech um but ultimately we're technology agnostic and we'll go to wherever we think the best technology yeah,
2: is okay nice that's yeah um what about you, What What's a, your favourite technology that you've seen oh, thus far? Geez. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm a Wave Park virgin. <laughs> um,
1: I, I was very excited to hear the news about um, some Wave Park technology coming to WA. Uh, what do you know about that, mate?
3: Yeah, so that's Andy, the old, um, you know, my, my colleague from, you know, when we started Urban Surf and, you know, um, credit to him. Uh, you know, it's a great location. Um, it's not quite like the Melville location that we had to... You know, endure two and a half years of of um, torment with the local community over yeah. it. It's a bit of a shame, you know what a, you know how divided the community became over that project. Probably, you know, you think we were mining uranium or something <laughs> like that but there in Melbourne. Unfortunately, you know that project didn't get up. Um, but I think equally, you know, it's it's great. We're really, rap for you know Andrew and the Aventura guys to to secure that site. I think it's going to be a great outcome for the surfing you know, community in Perth. Um, So where where is
2: the site for that? I know you're not involved with it, but...
3: Yeah, it's just opposite of Coburn Central there on Concept Road in Jandicott. Um, It's a great location adjacent to the PTA car park, Um, you know, great infrastructure around there. The state government's just committed to a $60 million, or just finishing the $60 million flyover. Um, what Andrew and the team at Aventure are going to be doing is going to be nothing short of incredible. There's a lot of learnings from project number one, so project mm-hmm. number two and three and four are only yeah. going to get better and better. I think, you know, many ways, this Coburn project is going to set its own benchmark. Um, I think, from what I understand, you know, we talk to Andrew, Andy all the time, it's going to be a 56-cap um, module wave garden pool, And, you know, what So the just wave some
2: perspective there, what's the Melbourne one? 40-odd.
3: Yeah, so that's uh, 48. The, it's, yeah, so it's it's getting longer. So the one in South Korea is a really good example, the one in um, Brazil, if you've seen any of the footage of that. And the Wavegun guys over time have been able to refine the bathymetry and really, you, you can see the quality of the Wave now. It's just getting incredible. They've got a good little pop end section there. So even, you know, middle-aged men like you and I can hopefully get an air game going. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Not with these footy old footy knees here, Ben. <laughs> mate, i got to ask you, um, bathymetry. I can't even say it, mate. What tell bathymetry, me what, it, but
2: bathymetry, ocean floor, mate. Oh, mind.
1: ocean floor. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's sorry, a little more complex than that. Tell
2: yeah. us about bathymetry, Ben.
1: I've heard you say that a few times. I'm thinking,
3: what the fuck's L- floral L- 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 wrong <laughs> <laughs>
2: on What's bathymetry, mate? Right? I'm just, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, so yeah, it's. It's got a lot to do with, you know, obviously wave quality and the tolerances are really tight. And when you're working with big civil equipment and trying to, you know, work with something that's designed like a oh. skate park on acid, it's, yeah, it, it's one of the trickiest parts of the overall project. Yep. These projects are complicated. That's why, you know, ultimately I don't think you're ever going to see as many surf parks as golf course driving ranges or anything like that. Um, they're really difficult projects there's a lot of different um, mm-hmm. disciplines of engineering and yeah um, so forth that go into it
1: speaking of engineering like you're saying before that um, wave park technologies mm. started what 30 40 years ago yeah over the last sort of five years or two years how advanced has the engineering moved like has it been a real slow gradual improvement of the technology or is it just
3: the last few years that's sort of yeah I, um, nuts. Yeah, it's. I'd say it's with the advent of big data and s- computational processing and dealing with really massive graphics files. Like mm-hmm. you know these computation computational fluid uh, models now. Like their processing power, the graphics chips that they're using. You know the data that goes into it, rendering these models and how many. A lot of the, these parks are the product of. You know, twenty thousand models before we kind of go. Oh, is that what it looks like? Yeah, a lot of it's, you know, wow. it's not accidental, but it's trial and error, and yeah. you've got to keep refining and revol- re- you know, evolving. And once you find something you like, you go, okay, now you can start reverse engineering all yeah. the systems and the, you know, the equipment specifications around it. So where do you think we'll be in the next ten years? yeah that's sky's
2: the limit surely
3: yeah i think you know one of the biggest things will probably change is you know energy costs are going to drop so you know wave generators are going to not be so worried about you know energy costs particularly with the advent of renewable energy you know it makes sense that surf parks are of course you know powered with renewable energy as you know wiseman surf is you know that's 100 percent powered with accredited green power sources um you know, it comes at a premium. I think, you know, renewable energy over you know, energy costs in the long term are forecast to drop significantly. You know, West Australia's got some of the highest energy costs going around, unfortunately, which is just blows my mind, you know, considering the wind and solar yeah, resources we've got sun. here. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, so I think energy is not going to be a commodity. It's going to be more of an infrastructure cost. Mm -hmm. When that happens, we're going to have an abundance or surplus of energy. You're not going to be telling the kids to turn the lights off or turn the spar off or anything like that. And we're not going to be so worried about our wave pools chewing up. I think there's a natural kind of ceiling, though, in the size. I think two and a half to three metres is just going to be that where it just kind of doesn't make sense to go any bigger than that because the power requirements go exponentially bigger. Um, so could I you think potentially Wiseman's see like a boutique? What's that?
2: Could you see like a boutique big wave one, oh, just like a one-off sort of thing, like nothing four stopping four meter waves?
3: Nothing stopping your billionaire or you guys coming out the hat, and, <laughs> you know, from doing that. And there are a few, you know, projects like that in the works, private surf parks. Okay, you know, so
1: you know, it'd be pretty cool that you could say, "All right, I want to surf a wave like macaronis today," mm. and you go down to your local wave park and go macaronis, please. Is that?
3: that's that's actually going to be very doable in the next couple of years like you'll be able to come down to Weisman Surf and I think you'll be able to program you know with with some RFID chips, the pool will know, okay, you're in the takeoff position. You've already pre-programmed your 10 waves or 12 waves that you wanted. Oh, that's crazy. And, and if you wanted a macaroni's profile, we'll be able to give it to you. Wow. You know, so that's... Two-foot houses, right thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Two-foot houses for Nami. <laughs> yeah. But I think, like, the biggest change isn't necessarily going to be the tech. It's actually going to be the progression of the sport. Like, um, you know, there's been a lot of investment into sports worldwide, you know, you know velodromes and how many afl footy ovals and cricket ovals and surfing really just hasn't it's still quite a grassroots sport and there's not a place Mm. that you can kind of practice it there's not other than the ocean there's not a place we can go to and congregate Um, so i think it's it's the progression of the sport at a at a local scale is just just watching what it's done for surfing in melbourne in such a short period of time you know and including the fact it's been the world's biggest lockdown um you know albie leia for instance you know he spent five hours surfing bsr waco and he stomped you know a proper forward flip into you know back onto the face of the wave and got on a plane and went surf off the wall in hawaii and on on, literally on his first wave landed a front flip exactly what he did in the wave. freak He is a freak, and people ask him, "How did you? How did you do that?" That's the first time we've ever seen that in the natural surfing environment. He said because he just felt so comfortable doing it. You know, I think what we're going to see over the next few years, the next world champions are certainly going to be coming out of these types of wave pools.
1: Yeah, it's got, it's got to be such an advantage for like you see like the young young girls like Sierra Kerr and yeah,
2: well the ladybirds because
1: I mean the the aerial surfing uh in, on the pro turf women's is probably mm. not there's probably uh, maybe one or two or three that actually pulled out an air during the comp but that's mm. going to um Redically really lift change. the uh the standard over the next few years especially with those young girls
3: uh some of the airs they're doing—it's unbelievable. Yeah, big tail side, backside grabs, stuff yeah. that we'd never even contemplated a few years ago. And I think we're only scratching the surface yeah. where it's going to go. Now
1: you're right about like a training ground where, no. where where people can go and refine their skills and their technique and their airs. It is going to take the sport to a whole yeah. another level. So pretty excited about that, mate.
3: Yeah, yeah. I just hope we're not too old to kind of participate <laughs> in it. And I guess you know that's the other thing about these surf parks. It helps you keep helps you stay surfing longer you know there's there's almost four generations now you know surfing um you know a lot of the people joining up and investing you know in the wiseman's surf project you know okay that they're probably you know at their you know their that they've made all their assets, made their money, and they're happy to spend it on the lifestyle type investments now. Um, yep. But a lot of them are doing it because they want to stay surfing for longer. They want to stay fit, and they want to mm-hmm. stay surfing. They want to surf with their grandkids, yeah. great grandkids, yeah. and surf with the mums. And you know, that's the other great thing that you know is just awesome from these types of spaces. We're all time poor these days, and seeing a lot of you know, seeing the girls get back into the sport. You know, in Torquay there was these gorgeous. You know, soul of the earth, Torquay hey mums that yep. perhaps, you know, dabbled in the sport when they were teenagers yep. and before they had kids and work and family mm-hmm. and all the life pressures mm-hmm. to see them get back into the sport, to see, you know, how inclusive it is. And mate, it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's going to, I think, you know, for all the naysayers out there, that's going to make your local lineup a lot busier. You know, I think there's a lot of positives that come out of it as well.
1: So, you know, over the last five years, how many wave parks have popped up in different countries? Because I've heard Korea, Brazil. I mean, yeah. how much has it grown over the last
3: couple of years? Look, it's probably still very much at its infancy. The, yeah. This year's Surf Park Summit, um, I think people were going, well, wow, okay, just now it's a real thing. Before that, it was very speculative and very conceptual because there really wasn't much market data to go mm. off. Yeah. Now there's... There's perhaps about six or seven surf parks around the world and they're all doing quite well for themselves. Mm-hmm. There is real demand and they're in they're all very different products in very different locations and they're all doing quite well. There's there's different business models for different locations. Essentially there's, you know, your turnstile product like Melbourne is, there's your destination type product like we're doing at mm-hmm. Wiseman's. Um, and then there's kind of the integrated master plan community project, which is kind of like what you used to with, you know, you got golf course estate. I'm mm-hmm. really excited. There's one in Brazil, I'm really excited for, you know, some of the projects that come out of this when, you know, property developers realize what this does instead of having, you know, a, a park or a golf course or an aquatic center, which quite often lose a lot of money. What these things can do if run correctly can add a lot of, you know, amenity and value to the, their own projects. So I think you know now there's a lot more um, because the data is there, the money is starting to follow, mm-hmm. and we can now start introducing things like that and stuff like that into these projects, which just makes them a lot more viable. And you're going to start seeing them pop up a lot quicker um, now.
2: Can you see more than one in in Perth?
3: Yeah, it's a funny. Yeah, Perth is a funny market. Like, we don't necessarily have the population, but we're surf mad. Surf mad. But, you know, and also because of the way Perth is distributed, you know, basically cut into north and south. Yeah. You know, I can see there being a northern project as well. Mm. You know, like... You know, they only ever build one IKEA in every capital city. <laughs> but I think Perth might be the only place in the world that they're thinking about building a second IKEA. In the south? Well, yeah, maybe. And then I okay. think, you know, I think you'll see the same right surf parks. the wave pool, man. We, <laughs> we love IKEA and we love surf parks, I
2: think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a crazy one. Um, do you know, one of the things that I, I really love the idea about wave pools um, is as as we've progressed through our lives the the sort of kinship and the camaraderie and everything that used to be involved with surfing is just disappearing it seems to me like on a weekly monthly basis um people just getting aggressive and annoyed in the surf because obviously more people limited resources there's only so many waves that are available i love the idea of going to a wave park with say 10 of your mates booking it out for an hour And just having the fattest time high five each other just mate that was a sick one you got to take your turn because there's old uh larry lifeguard up the top telling telling you not not to push in line i just love that idea of getting back to the pure enjoyment of surfing you might be able to get your first barrel now maybe mate (laughs) first backhand barrel
3: (laughs) it's it's real interesting like the social sciences behind Mm. you know what surf parks do and how people behave and you know, we were really curious ourselves at what's going to happen because you can write all the procedures you like and have all the lifeguards and give them all the instruction in you like, but you don't really know until you see people starting to use it. Yeah. And what was apparent immediately is that if you take away wave, wave scarcity, all the hostility disappears, and you you can have someone like Taj surfing with the absolute beginners everyone's hooting everyone into the next wave everyone's cheering everyone in because they know they're getting a wave and people are naturally just gonna take take their turns people take their turns because they know have you ever watched pro skateboarders you know at a at a ramp you know when they finish a maneuver or they're sitting at the end of a bowl everyone whacks their boards and it's really supportive it's a very supportive environment like the wave pool environment Is the same. Everyone is just sharing the stoke with each other, and because this app, the atmosphere is electric. Like whether or not it's your first surf in a wave pool or your hundredth surf in the wave pool, you cannot help but kind of get caught up in in the stoke factor. Yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah. awesome. Because we like to think that we're a tribe, but you know, three out of four surfs almost. It seems like we're all hyenas trying to feed on on a carcass. Carcass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, typically so. in the natural environment, but, <laughs> you know, in a wave pool, with fat kids in a candy store. Oh, exactly. Yeah.
1: Hey, I've got to ask you about the um the the plunge the mm. plunge
3: wave pool. Mm. I don't know
1: what what that what that text called, but um, the surf lakes guys. Surf lakes. Place. Yeah. What yeah. do you know about that, mate?
2: A the little BL's bit. Bl's blast off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is, what, bl having nah, a blast nah, off? No, he's got his.
2: Bart Lynch has got his own video series where he um has a like a grommet comp, but that's completely separate. Yeah. Oh yeah! Tell us about the plunger, Ben.
3: Oh, look! It's hats off to this is an example of great Australian ingenuity. A bunch of mining engineers, you know, want to build a surf park and they go and do it and they build, you know, some of the best quality man-made waves you've ever seen. You know, um, I, you know, I've got my own thoughts, which I'll, you know, keep reserved. But it's. I think anyone would agree it's one of the best quality waves. Whether or not I really hope they get some commercial projects up. I know they've got a few announced. I really I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, these guys are great, you know, bit of Australian ingenuity. Yeah, you know, make its footprint on a world scale and you know, um it doesn't fit I guess the model for our wisemans project. It's a lot bigger, it's it's a bit more intense. I know they're working on more I think the future of wave parks is gonna be, you know, smaller footprint mm-hmm. more efficient not yep. such a huge feat of engineering and the, the guys will tailor their product i'm sure and, you know and bring it in um how so you did it going. go
2: go on. oh, one thing with that project that I, i've sort of thought about is if and i know that it, it sort of got shut down for a fair, fair amount of time if one part of it sort of breaks down the whole thing is finished for a while isn't it There's no that's, like that's that, that Yeah, the single point of
3: failure. And that's kind of like the Kelly Slater pools as well. So they've all got one kind of big motor. If something goes, you know, bang, then you know, it's out for a long period of time, could be months, could be a year. So that's one of the advantages of what I call the third generation, you know. Um, you know, the the modular mechanical systems like in Melbourne, we can lose ten percent of the modules or the Wiseman's project, we can you know lose even four blowers or caissons and we can still create really high quality waves the equipment is just simply it's all factory grade equipment it gets simply plug and play loaded in and off you go so yeah scalable modular Um, it also has a number of other advantages it's usually off the shelf serviceable lower energy requirements etc Sounds
1: pretty good so you can do a bit of maintenance on the on the on the equipment but obviously still keep the waves Correct. turning over
3: yeah yeah and that is one of the advantages with the pneumatic tech like you just you don't need to service these things it's all mining grade equipment and the last you know the stuff in you know typhoon lagoon only had its it was only you know much smaller scales you know not even you know of our scale but only just had a major refit 35 years into its operation
1: so what you're doing over in wiseman like mm.
3: hotels golf course pool is there any other um similar resorts around the world that you guys have no not like this so we're kind of reimagining what what your ideal destination might be? You know, obviously with the advent of COVID, we're not able to travel. So this is what we consider to be. You know, we're all time poor. Mm-hmm. So Wiseman's it's it's an hour north of you know the Sydney Harbour Bridge. If you're not familiar with it, it's this iconic Australia Australian location surrounded by you know red sandstone cliffs with on the Hawkesbury, yeah, yep, in the Hawkesbury um, River. Um, it's it's an underutilized existing golf course at the moment. And we're just gonna—we've got one of the best architects in Australia, um, Kelvin Ho from he He's gonna um, revamp all the hotel rooms. We've got one of Australia's best landscape architects, Will Denga, um, You know, do it, supporting us with all the landscape design. And we're we're plugging in this ridiculous, preposterous wave pool into one <laughs> of the most beautiful locations. Um, to create what we were certain is going to be a world-class destination and i don't think people realize you know once once you see this place you'll never you'll be able to unsee it and <laughs> and i think there'll be a degree of desperation for people to do anything they'll be climbing over the top of each other to be able to get in
1: mate i gotta ask you how do i sell it to the wife and my two girls they don't play golf or surf what what can they do yeah, that's. It's,
3: we've tried to create a product where it's it's exactly that. How do I sell yep. it to the wife? And that was the yep. key question we asked ourselves. And we we think we've created a product where you basically can't say no. Okay. Um, so we've we've so the one of the one of the clever things about it is it is you know the fact that um, it's a unit trust, it's a property fund. You invest in it, yep. you get a return, you get capital growth it's commensurate with other funds like that yeah so (laughs) you can use your self-managed super Um, investors get first right or refusal to become a member yeah and the memberships start at three thousand six hundred dollars a year and that gives you 24 hours of surfing in the advanced wave nine hours in the beginner or it's actually a really high quality intermediate wave and four nights accommodation and you can buy more if you want as well on top of that but What's there for you and the wife? You know, there's something there for everyone. You know, everything from, you know, the health and wellness facilities, the co-working facilities, the club room. It's a great place for you to, you know, um, to escape. I don't have two weeks each year to be able to go up to the Mentawis, unfortunately, or typically, nor the wife or the family would, would let me but you know what this is a location that i can see myself taking my wife and my family and then fully enjoying it yeah and even my wife you know getting in having to dabble with surfing and and the kids so you know everything we've you know we've got everything from multi-sport courts um you know cry chambers spas saunas spa, but you know um the the folks at harvest are going to be providing the food and beverage you know we're wrapped to have them as our partner it really is something special and you know i don't think it can actually be uh, repeated quite easily so you know once once you know the fund is closed it's it's closed and um yeah look if anyone is interested in learning more about it they're welcome to get in touch with us for sure Six awesome amazing. so we
2: got ben mccarthy from Wiseman's surf lodge which is proposed well it's not proposed it's happening development about an hour north of sydney um yeah i've been looking at the details of it and
3: yeah. We look forward to having you both out there to do <laughs> an on-location potty with us both, and that'd be amazing. Yeah, we might have to do it in the water, get some waterproof mics. Oh yeah, no, you. we can do a full strider.
2: Do a full strider, Wasilowski, was- yeah. uh, strider Raspberry Wasilowski, and uh do the yeah, mate. We are going to wrap this up shortly, but it's been it's been stoked have you on board, Ben, to have a bit of a chat about this. Cause, um, yeah, you're obviously a wave pool nerd. I think we are as well. Um, one of the things we do do on Barrel Surf Podcast, I'm sure you're aware, if you're not pretend that you are, is the uh, Clive Palmer Cup and the uh, Steve Irwin Salute. So the Clive Palmer Cup is for the biggest uh, tool in the shed lately in surfing or otherwise. Can't say too much because T Bone's young Sophia is here. And the, obviously the Steve Irwin Salute is for the, the biggest legend in the surfing world. You know, the... Hit us! You're going to start us up there, T Bone.
1: Mate, give me a second. You might have to go first, Namu. I actually didn't think of a Steve Irwin on the way. well. We
2: weren't going to do it, but I, you know, people around the around the world love the Steve Irwin salute, and the Clive Palmer cups. So we got to keep going. Any any uh, nominations come to mind, Ben?
3: Oh, look, you know,
2: um, I know you're a positive person, mate. So you can give us just a Steve Irwin salute if yeah, you
3: like. Look, I think you know, for me, um, you know. Josh Kerr, who is, who's, you know, part of the Wiseman Surf Lodge project, he's, for me, he's living the ultimate lifestyle, but having him on board and the rest of the surfer team, you know, the input that they've got and been able to help us to craft experience, these are some of the most well-traveled people, you know, ever. You know, think about surfers, they're well-traveled anyway. But, you know, for to, to have the valued input from, from Josh and Sierra into this project and, you know, um, and really clever input you know into everything about how the business model works um re- yeah we're really lucky to have them on board it's, it's a bit that's a bit soft though isn't it
2: so no that's goes, right
3: we need us to every, every time we radio into him he's somewhere else he seems to have escaped the covid life he will be at pit stops or next he's in texas waco and you know he's living the dream still
2: do you know what we actually gave the, some of the pros the um clive palmer cup didn't we, at some point for being able to travel wherever they wanted oh well kelly slater for get the being, wave you, getting, kelly
1: got the Got the Clive.
2: Yeah. yeah, can't give Kelly the Clive. T-Bone, so you got a Clive or a Steve Irwin?
1: i got a Steve Irwin. That's um, the way. Positive yeah. on the Barrel Surf Podcast. I was just getting into the Challenger Series and I watched a little bit of the Portugal event and it's really good to see um, some Australian camarader- camaraderie with uh, Jaco Baker coming around. Yeah, bloody around. oath. It's good to see, like say, it's like the Brazilian surfers, they really get behind you know their their fellow compatriots and you know back them and 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 really cheer for them and it's good to see the aussies getting together so jacko baker runner up and i see that the aussies are sort of getting together for the uh, france event so uh it's good to see that all the young aussies like jacko and Jacob Wilcox, Leon um, O'Brien, Leon O'Brien. It's yep. it's it's it'd be great to see some good results for, for those guys. And uh, hopefully we might see a couple of surprises on the C T. Yeah,
2: they're looking pretty good. Unfortunately, um uh Jack O'Baker got knocked out of <laughs> the first round after getting a Bummer. second Bummer. That's second what in Portugal, sometimes. but he's there still and um, Jacob's still in, isn't he? Some of the Australians still in the round twenty four, uh Cullen Robson, Jacob Wilcox, mm-hmm. go Chippo, uh Connor O'Leary. Dylan Moffat and Wade Carmichael and Jordan Lawler. That's a good representation of Wade young Australians. Wade Carmichael. Yeah. The big evoker Jesus is uh, back on the hunt for a CT spot after drop, dropping off this year. Do but you I'm,
3: do you follow the, the tour at all, Ben? Mate, I used to be um, a lot more into it when I had a lot more time at my hands. But, <laughs> you know, fantasy surfer and all the rest, I just haven't had time lately these days. So,
2: yeah. What's your, uh, your best result worldwide for the... Uh, Jeez, you're up.
1: You've <laughs> got some
3: stiff
2: competition here, mate. mate that those days are gone. It yeah. was two years ago now. Yep. Yeah.
3: Did does anyone
2: manage to get third in the world two years ago? No. Yeah. Yep.
3: Is that your claim to fame? It is. <laughs> yeah, but
2: there's no point when you don't get the prizes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. That's all. We good won't though. go into
2: that. Um, yeah, so where where we? Um, so you got a Clive now, me or a Steve? I do have a Clive actually, because I'm the grumpy one, both on the podcast and in my family, in my uh, environment. Yeah, I had a bit of a run in today at school drop off with a uh, a young fellow, not a young fellow, and been large bloke. Um, started sort of arcing up, up at me. Thought I'd given him a bit of a horn, a bit of a beep, in the uh, kiss and drop, and started started like doing this to me and. Arking up, so whoever the hell you are, mate, never seen you before. You bloody blow in. You get the uh, Clive Palmer cut today.
1: Jesus, never.
2: Yeah, he was like getting really aggro at me. Like, come on, mate, what are you doing? I said, what are you talking about, mate? I'm trying to drop my kids off. He's like, did you beep me? Like, no. What are you talking about? He goes, oh, okay. Were the kids in the car or? No, they were long gone by that point. But um, anyway, yeah, just. Keep your uh, keep your lollies in your pocket, or whatever the expression is at school drop-off, mate. You know,
1: go easy. It's yeah. Friday
2: afternoon. What are you doing,
1: silly man? I' tr- trying to flip it back to the to the positive side, Namu. Um, I've got it. Trev from Down side. South Physio. Uh, he successfully treated As Kennedy, our mate, just came back from uh, ACL knee reconstruction. Got him back in the water, so that was good. So thanks to Trev from Down South Physio. The uh, uh, I think Namu's still going there to see Trev for his. Uh,
2: yeah. He's well, back. I think we actually might have to give Trev the Clive Palmer. The amount of times we mention him on the podcast, maybe he's given he a bit of a deal on his. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. I'm just joking, Trev. We love you, mate. He's actually coming on shortly to give us a bit of a uh, breakdown of what we need to do as aging surfers, middle aged surfers. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Definitely need that. Yep. So, my, um, yeah, my uh, Steve Aaron salute is to. Ben McCarthy has joined us today. He's t- told us all about the wave pools around the place and uh, so stoked to hear about it. It's just, what an accolade. Yeah, mate, you've thank got you. it this week. Not so even nominated, you've got you've got the I don't cup. Know,
3: mate. Congratulations, Ben. Does it come with anything? Uh, maybe a few free beers? I've had those, thank you. Enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> they have.
2: Actually, while we are here, I do have a uh, another Clive Palmer for both of you for missing out on the third installation in inst- installment of the uh Bar- barry doyle cup golfing weekend oh
1: yeah sorry about that never <laughs> yeah
2: that's all right mate all right so any last words before, any last questions for ben before we wrap this one up t-bone
1: no mate all good great to have you on ben mate definitely learned a lot about uh wave parks and uh really looking forward to seeing the uh the end product with wise mate sounds amazing
3: guys we cannot wait to have you both over there Oof, in the oh, flesh dear, seriously that would be amazing. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, mate. You've obviously got a huge passion for these projects, so loved love to hear that. I love I love hearing passionate people about yeah the projects that they're into. It's so good to see. So yeah, keep it up, mate. Look forward to seeing this uh, as it progresses,
3: and to both of you guys for you know running a great podcast, and yeah, and you know to the to the listeners out there as well. That obviously you know it's it's a great potty, and mate, I love hearing all the episodes. You know, every every couple of weeks. You yeah so thanks great, mate I-
2: yeah so just before we go like one last word i've got is that uh you know if you're if you're against the the full surfing and the wave pools and that sort of thing you don't necessarily have to be involved i guess it's like a tv show if you don't like it don't watch it um it just seems to me that there's a lot of different options going to be available in the coming years as surfers and i can embrace it
1: hundred oh, percent embrace it
2: Right, thanks, Ben McCarthy, T Bone. We've got Sophia Yolden here at the end of the table. Sophia, come, quick say come and say, come say goodbye to everyone, Sophia. Talk, love. Hello. Hello, hello. goodbye. Okay. You've been listening to the Barrel Surf podcast. We are powered by Cheeky Monkey and Forester Estate Wines. Oof. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.